Hi, folks. I'm Jimmy Hiles. I'm Lydia Judy. I'm Derek Lemaster. And this is Screen Bloody Movies, the podcast where we review a movie each week, give you the horror news, and we decide which is the better color, red or blue. Guys, red or blue? Gotta be blue. I go blue, too. Blue it is. Although we do love blood. So there's that. Although I was gonna say, although red is kind of nice. We we do like the blood. I like how Derek reps his blue shirt. Like he's part of the like Crips or what have you. <laughs> if we were all wearing blue, I would have lost my mind. Yeah, that would I'm be part of the I'm kind of... blue town assassins. <laughs> I got like a bluish green. Mine's kind of bluish, right? It's like kind no, of that's uh... definitely definitely not blue. It looks light blue to me. It's light blue. Light blue. Really? It looks gray. <laughs> nah, it's definitely blue, bruh. It's blue. Yep, still looks gray. <laughs> like a car. <laughs> you know what? Let's have a poll in the comments section. If you feel like his shirt is gray, you're wrong. And if you feel like it's blue, uh, no. I got those. <laughs> is it blue or gray, folks? Is it, uh, is it gold or... Whatever the other one was. What was that? Blue. Gold was it? it was yeah. Golden blue, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which was it? We didn't we'll never know. I don't know what it was. Blue. It was gold. Yeah. But um, it was blue. Oh, it was blue? <laughs> yes. Our favorite color, blue. <laughs> this episode brought to you by blue. <laughs> We're like the fucking Smurf brigade. <laughs> Hey, the Smurfs, man. That's where it was at in the 80s. That's, yeah. It's actually, that's a good horror segue because they were kind of terrifying, right? I mean, I mean, they could have been, saw, for sure. You saw a little blue dude running at you, and I mean, there was like, a, and they were all dudes, and there was one chick. Uh, Don't really like well, the implications uh, there. <laughs> we have a friend who was afraid of gnomes. Maybe that's a deep seated uh, fear of hey, uh, the Smurfs. Hey, Joey. This gnome's for you. <laughs> I was always more of a snorks kind of girl. Ah, oh, snorks. I remember snorks. Snorks are for that's because That's because you're I younger than us. Right on, the, uh, right on the fly. That was very good. You dissed those, diss those snorks. <laughs> this is a Smurf podcast, baby. Let me get your wit. I, it's natural. It comes to me natural. Welcome to Scream Bloody Smurfs, the podcast where we talk about Smurfs and Smurfs and Snorks. Give hot takes on blue. This is all your fault. Doing your shirt. What is happening? We've all gone insane. Okay. What happened to the movie news? We'll get to the movie news. How are you guys doing? Okay. Good. Derek? I'm here. Ditto. Yeah. My sentiments, good. exactly. Yeah. Good, good. I agree wholeheartedly. <laughs> we all had a day today, I think. We did, but it's about to get better because I'm spending it with you two lovely people. And we're good. about to dig into some horror news. All right. So I told you guys we had I had some big horror news, right? And I was going to wait till the end of the horror news to do it, but I think it's just... We have to do it. I will not be able to handle this if this is about the monsters. It's not the <laughs> monsters. It's not okay. the monsters. 
<laughs> but it Please is about see. something we it is about something we've talked about at ad nauseum on this podcast, which is oh, no. guys. Oh, no. The Friday the 13th oh. copyright uh, trial is over. Really? What? Victor Miller won the copyright termination appeal to reclaim the domestic rights to Friday the 13th. So he owns the domestic rights to Friday the th- to the original film, to the original Friday the 13th. The name Friday the 13th and the elements from the original film. Whoa. Nice. Now... That means we're closer to getting a, a Jason movie. But in order for that to happen, they need to come together because while Victor Miller, it's only the domestic rights, first of all. So it's only stateside. And also, from what I understand, and if you, there's legal experts out there that can, if I make a mistake, you can correct me. But from what I understand is that uh, he only retained, he only got rights to the first movie. So to Pamela Voorhees, to to uh, Camp Crystal Lake, and to the name Jason. However, he does not. He did not get the rights. Victor Miller still holds the rights to uh, Hockey Mask Killer, to the adult Jason, and all of the stuff that comes after the original film. So right now the IPs are kind of split. So what's going to have to happen is they're going to have to make a deal to bring those IPs together to create a new movie because. Who wants to see a remake of just the first movie without Jason? Uh, nobody. So, <laughs> this question. Yeah. So the 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 last Jason movie that they made, they could have gotten by with cutting out the first five minutes, and then not referencing Crystal Lake. Yes, uh, but I think they would have to not name Jason by name. <clears throat> so you said adult Jason, not. Yeah, yeah, but I think, that, yeah, I think the name Jason stays with Victor Miller. Oh, um, okay, then you couldn't do a movie. Yeah, it'd be really hard. It'd be really hard. I mean, what the hell's Victor Miller going to make with with the what he has? You know what I mean? I mean, he could definitely literally reboot it and do a new yeah. take on the original storyline. But uh, yeah, I'm with you. Nobody really cares about that. People want to see Jason killing people. Yeah. So yeah, for start owning the original screenplay does not mean you own the character of adult Jason as we know him. And Miller's ownership of the work only covers domestic rights. The franchise will remain dormant. But here's hoping we're almost at the point where Jason can return to the screen. So that's big news. It's not we're not out of the woods yet, but we're a step closer to seeing our favorite hockey mask mass murderer on screen again. Thoughts? Yeah, I mean we're closer, but we're not there. So, yeah, I mean hopefully it'll get the ball rolling, and they it's, can like agree on something. I don't know. I mean, they need to just think about it. They are, like you said at one point, Derek. They are losing money by fighting over the rights instead of working it out, figuring it out, working it out together, so they can make another movie. To make money. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's hope that uh, this is the start, the beginning of the end for the Friday the 13th dormancy. So I'm ready to see Jason on screen again. I know. They put him in space. They can at least put him back in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. So uh, as we're recording this, which is uh, October 6th, 
so when you guys hear this, um, this will have already happened. But tomorrow, um, Resident Evil, the new Resident Evil trailer comes out. Um, uh, which is called Welcome to Raccoon City. We talked about it briefly on a previous podcast. Um, are you guys excited for a new Resident Evil take? Sure. Which which one was the last one? Was the last one the one that was like not that great? Uh, I think the last several were the ones that weren't. Wasn't oh, okay. That great. Okay. I know. I remember. I know we talked about this, but I saw one of them in the theater, and it was like the worst one. They probably. got really. <laughs> they got really really cheesy by the end. Just real cheesy and real corny, and a lot of a lot of slow motion. And it, the effects were pretty terrible, like specifically yeah. the effects. Yeah, it wasn't the best. It wasn't the best. So, I mean, rebooting it and being more uh, faithful to the games will be exciting to me. I'm excited to see it. I'll always give it another chance, right? So, sure. <laughs> guys, do you remember the movie Orphan? Yes. Yes. Did you guys know they're making a prequel to Orphan? No. Why? No. Why would they do such a thing? <laughs> so it's it's called it's a prequel called Orphan First Kill. Different kid. It's the same same kid, same person playing her, returning to play oh, the same character. Same person. Yeah, the same oh. girl's playing her, and it's a uh, William Brent. Be so that's a uh, Isabel Furman is going to play her, and then uh, it's directed by William Brent Bell. Um, so basically, it's uh, Lenny Klamer orchestrates a brilliant escape from an Estonian psychiatric facility and travels to America by impersonating the missing daughter of a wealthy family. But Lena's new life as Esther comes to an unexpected wrinkle and pits her against a mother who will protect her family at any cost. So what are your guys' thoughts on this? And are you excited about this or you think it's unnecessary? Well, first of all, I really liked the first one. Um, so I, I feel like this could go in a worse direction just because that first one was pretty strong. And it sounds like there it might be a money grab. I don't know, though. I mean, I just don't understand how it's a prequel and the girl is older. Yeah. Guess they're going to make her look Unless younger. It's, Unless it's like a Benjamin Button situation or something, like she was like aging backwards, maybe I don't know. So uh, there, there was a not necessarily the murder route, but uh, there was a situation where a family adopted a girl, and she was literally in her like mid twenties, but she had a rare disorder that made her look like a little. The only reason that they even found out was her teeth were uh, adult teeth. Essentially, mm. but anyway, they they figured how out that you she find, wasn't. How do you how the hell do you find that out? Do you do you, uh, was did she go to the dentist or were they just like she's asleep one night and like let's let's count her teeth? <laughs> I don't know, but uh, that's I how guarantee it was a dentist. The dentist is like guys her age. Her teeth look like she's in her twenties. Her it's teeth like, looks like she's been smoking for fifty years. <laughs> and listen. Guys, uh, I don't know if you know this, but I found some uh, Centrium Silver in our medicine cabinet. I am pretty sure that uh, that happened in Indiana. In Indiana. 
I think you're right. I remember hearing about that story. That would not surprise me if that happened in Indiana. I think there was something more sketchy to it. Like they knew the whole time that she was not a child. Interesting. We're just going to pretend like she's my child. Yeah. And they, I mean, they got, I feel like they got busted because, I mean, I feel like I shouldn't be saying all this because I'm just like, this Making is a story up. I heard a long time ago. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if there's like anything legal going on with that story still, but I know it was a crazy story. Remember guys, sure. this is not a legal podcast, but a <laughs> yeah. horror movie review slash comedy podcast. So <laughs> yeah, I agree. disclaimer, <laughs> Derek, put Indiana a disclaimer at the bottom of the screen right here. We are not legal experts. Uh, yeah, I again, I don't know how they're gonna. If the same actress is portraying the character and she does not have this rare disorder, then I don't know what's going on. I don't know. Makeup we'll set, man. Let's like, see. We'll I know, see. but like, you're gonna have to. I'm sure. She's I mean, it'll be more now. than. Yeah, she's a lot taller now. I mean, she's like that was like ten years ago. She was was she's like twenty. Recast. She's got to be in her twenties now. Yeah, why not recast the character? Uh, like nothing about this makes any sense then it wouldn't be as good if they recast it because that girl made the whole movie she was amazing yeah let's uh that was orphan was in 2009 guys yeah i remember seeing that it was so good i remember being really scared let's see what isabel Furman looks like now she's 24 now I just watched her, she was in the Hunger Games, and Jake has been watching them because he never saw them, and he was like, I'm going to watch the Hunger Games, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) And she was in that movie, and I was really surprised. I was like, oh, that's the girl. Well, guys, here's how she looks now. This is is crazy. You guys ready? Yep, let's do it. Present this. I was uh, Googling that. Here we go. Here's what she looks like now. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck. Like, how are they going to make her look like that? She's gorgeous. <laughs> like, She's look, amazing. I I don't know how they're going to do it. I guess we'll find out. Right? <laughs> I mean, she does look similar. She, she was such does. a cute little girl. She has, I was going to say she has like the little kid baby face going on. Right. And now she's got like the adult angular face. Yeah, they're going to well, focus. I mean, well, who knows? Who knows? I mean, guys, duct tape <laughs> does some duct taping certain things up and or pushing them down does wonders. We'll find out. So uh, we have our thoughts on that, apparently. Uh, <laughs> uh, this is cool. I don't know if you guys know about this, but uh, have we talked about the fact that they're doing a new interview with a vampire? Yeah. Series? Okay. Yeah, I feel like we did talk about that. I feel like I we did too. It, but... uh, Bailey Bass has been cast to play Claudia in the new series. <laughs> Sorry, the way you said that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's because there was a lot of. You're syllables. like trying to evolve oh, a yeah, burp no. or something. I was. I was about to. Uh, <laughs> I was trying to catch my breath because this woman is breathtakingly beautiful. So it's a compliment for her. Bailey Bass. <laughs> Here she is. Wait, is she a little girl? No, that's Kirsten Dunst. Yeah, but she's playing Claudia, so is she a little girl? I don't know if she's older. It, it, I hope she is for your sake. She can't age. 
That doesn't make sense. She looks more like a teen, doesn't she? Like, I don't know. Um, What's up? Now they're just casting adults as children in movies? Oh, no. Let's let's see who this person is. <laughs> they are. Well, she's, they are okay. she's definitely got the hair for it. That's actually the most important part of, uh, of you know, <laughs> the most important part of any character is the, the hair. So she's right, been in... Because that definitely wasn't a wig in the first one. She's been in, uh, like, 18 avatars, it looks like. <laughs> She's in all 18 Avatar movies. Uh, that's kind of all I know about her, is her Avatar. All right. She's in her early 20s. I feel like you're safe now. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, she looked very pretty when I saw the picture of her, but... Really, I was trying to hold it hurt, but... I'm just teasing you, man. I just... I want people to think I'm, you know, uh, some other creepy guy. Well, I thought it was a little strange because I was like, immediately thought, well, it should be a little girl playing that part. <laughs> well, it's not. It's a 20-year-old. Just like we have a 20-year-old playing a little kid in Orphan. That's just what we do now. All yeah. kids. Like, what's you guys, happening? Did you guys hear about the new news about the new Pet Cemetery? Um, they're recasting Gage, played by a 47-year-old <laughs> man. Yeah. Chris O'Donnell is now playing Gage. <laughs> He played a 45-year-old okay. Robin. Now he's playing a 45-year-old Oh, This is great news, Lydia. You're going to love this. Okay. Um, Mike Flanagan, of course, of Hill House and um, uh, Black Mass, which I still haven't seen all of yet. Um, but he's developing a new, mo a new show with Netflix based off of Edgar Allan Poe's uh, The Fall of the House of Usher. Mm. What are you guys' thoughts on this? He... It, uh, go ahead, buddy. No, you go ahead. This uh, actually gives me a high school memory. I'm trying to think of his name. Anyway, the, one of the uh, English teachers had uh, a couple of Edgar Allan Poe books mm -hmm. when I was in high school. And he was like, oh, who who wants a copy to take home and read? And I was like, hey, you know what? I don't read, but I'll take it home. And I never took it back. So you still have it? <laughs> Definitely, I don't still have it. I don't know where it is, but I feel bad. You just copped a theft on the podcast, bro. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I got to You never like read it. So long ago, mm -hmm. it's definitely out of uh, any type of... Okay, so so since since you just uh, this just brought up you <laughs> confessing your crimes, uh, Lydia, what do you feel about the actual idea? We are of this? not legal experts. <laughs> Disclaimer here. Disclaimer. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah, I mean it's going to be good, of course. Yeah. Hopefully, what what was the last Edgar Allan Poe movie that was made? It was like uh, that that the one Raven? with John. The John, John Cusack one, where he played Edgar Allan Poe. Was that good? I don't know if I saw that. Uh, I like John I Cusack. I don't... I do, too. I don't but remember that's not what it I asked. all that much. <laughs> I don't remember it too much. Do you it was remember? Okay. I feel like it... I feel okay. like it wasn't, watching it. wasn't that It was good. okay. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. super great, but... Because it portrayed him more as a, like, detective than it did. A... That's right, which is a cool idea. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't an actual Poe story. Yeah. So... 
So I thought you guys would get a kick out of that. And then, uh, guys, you remember that we're they're doing the whole uh, Bride of Frankenstein remake on HBO Max, right? You remember that? Uh, yeah, I remember you. <laughs> Do you remember it, Lydia? No, I, no, I forgot. I write oh, all okay. this stuff down so that I'll remember to go look it up. And then I lost my notebook and I just haven't been able to look anything up. Well, here we go. I'll, it's uh, so they're making it. I don't a, listen a, to us. <laughs> <laughs> I listen to us every day. Yeah, good thing we're not recording well. all of this. <laughs> as you should as well, audience. <laughs> so this movie, uh, The Bride, on HBO Max. Um, it's a horror thriller, obviously, and they have casted. A guy, let's see, Thomas Doherty has signed on to replace Garrett Hedlund. Uh, so they, they, yeah, they replaced an actor. Um, the actor joins uh, Natalie Emmanuel along with Hugh Skinner, Sean Pertry, Courtney Taylor, Alana Bowden, and Samantha C. I don't, I can't pronounce that last name. Um, so it's directed by Jessica M. Thompson from a screenplay by Bear Butler. It's a contemporary thriller that tells the story of a young woman invited to a lavish wedding in England, only to realize her presence has sinister motivations. In addition, it is reported the film is somehow inspired by Bram Stoker's Dracula. What? So what the hell is this movie? <laughs> is it The Bride of Frankenstein? Is it Dracula? Who knows? What are you maybe guys they have like a collage of ideas. Maybe they have like a, a, you know, like a love interest that's like writing to her or something. Maybe to get her to go over there. Maybe kind of like, uh, yeah, the, the notes from Dracula and and Jonathan mm. Harker talking to Mina. Yeah. Yes. Maybe. Exactly. Maybe. I like when he writes and he's like, in Bram Stoker's Dracula and he signs it D. That's <laughs> like just this giant D. D. Uh, we got to do that movie sometime. That's a great one. It's a great one. That's how you should sign all your stuff from now on, Derek. Just D. Yep. For dope. dope. I was thinking for Derek. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I mean, I guess. (laughs) Whatever. You just turned into a robot. I guess, whatever. (laughs) Oh my goodness, you guys. All right, you guys. Enough of this crazy talk. Down the brass tacks. Down the brass tacks. Because I don't know if you guys know this, but I've got something to share with you. So, did you guys know that even a man who is pure at heart and says his prayers at night may become a wolf when the wolf's bane blooms and autumn moon is bright. That's right, we are doing the 1941 classic, The Wolfman, starring Lon Chaney Jr. and the great Claude Rains. So guys, uh, let's talk about your guys's 
memories of the Wolfman or exposure to the Wolfman, and if this is your first time seeing it. Let's start with you, Derek. Is this your first time seeing the Wolfman? This is my first time of memory, seeing the Wolfman uh, start to finish. I remember, like, brief uh, glimpses of, of my childhood seeing parts of this movie at minimum. But, like, this is, I haven't seen it in so long, I, I honestly couldn't tell you. This could also be the first time I've seen it start to finish. Long Great. Time ago. This movie is super old. <laughs> it's approaching yeah. 100 years. It's 80. It's almost 100 years old, yeah. It's yeah. eight, about 80. Uh, Lydia. I think my first glimpse of Wolfman was in The Sandlot. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Great scene in The Sandlot. And I know we bring this movie up occasionally, but it's a great movie, and I love The Sandlot. And... Screen Bloody Movie stands for uh, Sandlot. <laughs> yes, 100%. Um, but also, I saw it a few times um, around Halloween time with my mom, just watching spooky movies on TV, and this one, I mean, it's just, it's got the feels of, you need to watch this around Halloween. So, yeah, yeah, I enjoyed watching it. Yeah, I used to watch, when I was a kid, I used to watch a bunch of Universal monster movies with my grandpa, uh, my grandpa Bob. And uh, we used to watch um, those movies, and we also used to watch... Uh, Adam Costello movies. So, of course, my first exposure to the Wolfman that I remember is in Abbott Costello meets Frankenstein. Um, mm -hmm. And that was my first glimpse of the Wolfman. And then later I would watch uh, the 1941 film. But so I knew who the Wolfman was, and he's always been in my lexicon, especially the Lon Chaney Jr. version, which he was the one that played all the way through the 40s. Um, but I haven't seen this particular movie since the remake, the 2010 one, came out. When it came out on Blu-ray, they had like a special uh, feature which had the Wolfman on it, and it was only a limited time. And I watched it a few times then, and then I haven't seen it really, not in its entirety since then. So even though I remembered most of the beats, there's still certain parts that I kind of forgot about or looked at through a different lens since we were viewing it. So that was that was pretty cool to, to think about. So without further ado, let's get into this guy. <clears throat> so uh, the movie opens with, um, you know, basically the, 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 my favorite old school title sequences were just showing like, you know, the, the cast. And we see like, you know, we see him kind of standing there and it like has their names underneath them, like Claude Rains. And, you know, he's standing there and then it goes through all of them. And we end up at the, uh, you know, with Lon Chaney as the Wolfman. Lon Chaney Jr. as the Wolfman. Do you guys miss those like intro titles at all? In the sweeping music, it totally had like that 40s music, that Wizard of Oz style soundtrack going on. I don't know if I would say I miss it, but I appreciate it when I see it in old movies. Because it really meant something to them to see that, you know, to be... I mean, they all went to see it because they knew who the people were. 
you know, I think if this movie had other actors in it that were unknown, it might not have been as successful as it was. But yeah, they were I mean, like, these stars are in it, so you should come watch it because it's the stars, you know, like. Especially in 1941, to go on a little tangent, a little film history tangent here. Um, Dracula came out 10 years earlier. Dracula and Frankenstein, 1931's when both Dracula and Frankenstein came out. So during that whole run, Universal was cranking out these horror movies that were eight pictures. They originally supposed to be B movies, but Dracula was such a huge hit and Frankenstein was even bigger following it that these B movies were getting A movie budgets. So we had these, these were event pictures in the 40s, in the 30s and 40s. And when The Wolfman comes out, it's a very interesting time because uh, Lon Chaney, you, you, you're going off of Lon Chaney Jr.'s um, name. I mean, his father was the great Lon Chaney. Then you have Claude Rains as the, as the Invisible Man and what mm -hmm. have you. And then just a year later, in 1942, you have um, Claude Rains starring in the best picture uh, of the year, which is Casablanca, one of the best movies ever made. So his name was a big name at that time. Uh, Lon Chaney Jr. was a big name, especially in horror. And also around this time, they're billing Boris Karloff as Karloff. <laughs> and for a few years, they billed uh, Bela Lugosi as Bela Dracula Lugosi. So just interesting little marketing tidbits about the Wolfman. Yeah, those are... Uh... That is interesting. It's it's kind of different the way they make movies now, right? I mean, it's different than how they did it then. These were event pictures. And you could only see them in the theater, and then you wouldn't see them again until they did a second run of it or re-release because there was no such thing as home media or ancillary markets. It just was that. And our parents and the generation after them, us, saw these movies because of the the shock package the shock 52 package that was released on uh network tv back in the day so the only way we saw these was tv so it's it's a little took off my horror hat got on my my little film professor hat and now i'm taking it back off and putting on my my kill cap as i like to call it <laughs> kill cap so uh is that a train? It yes, a train. I live by a train. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't no. know how it's coming through the headphones, but... I was like... I heard it at first. I was like, is that a werewolf? Are we, <laughs> hearing, are we hearing the wolf? <laughs> so this movie opens. We get uh, basically our introduction to Lawrence Talbot. Driving, he's like being driven in a car by some guy. We don't really have any context for any of this yet. It's like he's just driving up to the house and he's like, here we are, Mr. Talbot. And he's like, taps him on the shoulder. He's all smiling and shit. Um, and we get like our first introduction with him and um, Claude Rains' character. Which plays his, who plays his father. Now, what do you guys think of the casting as Claude Rains as his father? Well, they look so much alike. Not only do they look so much alike, but they look like they're the same age. <laughs> yes, it's very confusing. Jake, okay, so I just want to start out with saying Jake and I 
watched this last night and the first scene okay you get the book you skipped yeah, over the, the book, book part that, that's the, right. yes. the definition of, of lycanthropy yes yes so you get that and i was like yes i'm in it and then it goes to the scene of him in the car and yeah. it's like the fakest background and i knew i looked over at jake and he was like i can't watch this i'm out <laughs> jake <laughs> jake cannot sit through like black and white movies so as much as i love him i'm always like please just look at the screen just watch just stay in it and you'll get it once you once you just watch it so he was just immediately saw that and was like why are we watching that? <laughs> you are right. I actually noticed that too. I did skip over it. The lichen. I love the opening of the book with the lycanthropy. It's, mm-hmm. it's 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 cool. I mean, it's kind of a little bit hitting the hammer on the head, but it's 1941. Um, so I like that choice. I don't know this, who's grabbing the book, and I don't know movie, why. Yeah, yeah. This whole movie is hitting it on the head. It's yeah, like. It, well, we hear the poem like 47 times. In, Literally. Yeah. Like... 40, 47 times in a runtime of like an hour and nine minutes. <laughs> I feel like half the script is just him going, when the mood is full. <laughs> yes. The yeah, at least, I mean, realistically, at least five, maybe six times you hear that yeah, poem. Yeah, it's throughout it. Basically, every yeah. time somebody mentions werewolves, they repeat the poem, which yes. I get is a cool device to be like, oh, we all know the legend. But after the third everybody, time, I was, and I, I love the poem. Everybody knows it. <laughs> yeah, I love the poem. I've always loved it. But And I actually shared a post with, with these guys on Facebook that I uh, posted uh, like 11 years ago of the actual poem. Dude, that blew my mind. Yeah, it was actually for today. And so I saw it and I was like, oh, how perfect. You know, I guess I was thinking about it at the same time. And I love the poem. But after the third time hearing it, I was like, like Jesus Christ, yeah, I know. And I'm starting to m- do it with him. The sailor prayer at night can become a wolf when wolf and blue and the autumn moon is bright. I get it. <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah, back to the, the the car. I thought that same thing, Lydia, when I was watching it. I was like, oh, look at the old old school movie making magic. It's just clearly on like a scrolling rear projection. And the guy's like going, the guy's even doing this number. Yeah. And Lon Chaney's just sitting there all like cool and he like taps him. He's like, he's like, right there. And he's like, good job, Jeeves. <laughs> so yeah, and we're introduced to his father, and the casting of this always makes me laugh. I love Claude Rains. He's great in this movie. But I was always it's always such a strange casting choice because he's like two and a half feet smaller than him. Yeah. And they look about the same age. <laughs> Dude, I was confused whenever it, uh, he goes into the, the castle, by the way, mm-hmm. and uh, they show the painting of his brother, and I'm like, is that the actor that we just saw? They, they, looked, <laughs> they looked a lot alike, anyway. Yeah, well, what's really funny is, what, what's really cool about this scene, though. You're like, they were out, twins? <laughs> taking, <laughs> taking out the, the severe age gap weirdness and all that stuff. What's interesting is uh, I really like the meat of the scene. I like that we have it's so it's a forty. So they don't try to show, you know, men were men and they didn't want to show too much emotion. And he he even says it that he has a stiff. He was brought up to have a stiff upper lip, and he felt like he was too strict on the boys and didn't show enough emotion because he's already lost the son. And I like the context. I like what this scene represents, that it's a father reaching out to his son. 
and basically kind of apologizing for the way that things were between them. And he's kind of offering amends. Now he would give him a hug, but then they shake hands. And he says, well, I was rather proud of you, father, when you did this thing, (laughs) when you were given the award, that's just swell. What do you guys think of the, the, the interaction between these characters of that, that kind of, um, you know, kind of story building and character development. I honestly missed that. I missed what happened in that scene. I don't know what it was. It was like so distracting. Like, I think I was just like distracted by everything else, but like, I totally missed the dialogue of what was happening in that. Derek. Yeah. Um, I did catch the dialogue. Uh, it, it's interesting so movies, it, it, I feel like, and I don't watch a lot of horror movies, but it felt so staged. Like, I honestly couldn't tell you. And also, I mean, it was just a different era. I couldn't tell you if that was an organic conversation that you might have with right. somebody back then, or if it were, if it was literally just a staged uh, interaction of, oh, you know, we're, we're doing this acting. Because now you, you watch a movie, and most of the time, like, it feels so much more organic than these these types of movies. That's Except thought. for a lot of the movies we watch. <laughs> well, that's true. It's like, oh, I, yeah, I, I get to where you're coming from with that one. But uh, <laughs> as far as the scene, I, I did like it. It uh, <clears throat> definitely uh, felt like a father who had regrets. And he was willing to just, you know, kind of push that all aside now that his son was, was back home. Because um, you, you could tell they had a strained relationship. This yeah, was the first time he'd been home, and they referenced eighteen years. years. Yeah, eighteen years, it's been a long yeah. time. Yeah, so he's back after yeah. eighteen years, and then uh, so these movers bring in this uh, this box that contains a telescope, and he's like, "Come with me to the den. I'll show you this." Yeah. <laughs> and uh, they do, and we find we find out that Lon Chaney's or Lawrence Hobbit. Has, is like really good at messing with uh, astronomy gizmos and what have you. And in general, like mechanical engineering. engineering. Yeah. Yeah. And he says, um, you know, he says, oh, well, when it comes to astronomy, I'm an amateur. And he said, everyone's an amateur. There's really only one expert uh, speaking about yeah. God, uh, which is which is pretty funny. You know, like I said, context of the times. Also, as a little sidebar, this movie was made post-code. So that there's definitely the censorship was a thing in the in this part of the Hollywood system, where there were certain things you could say, certain things you could do, and certain things you could show. Uh, so like movies like Todd Browning's Freaks, uh, even Dracula and Frankenstein are pre-code. Um, so that's why they seem a little more visceral than these middle movies here before we get to the sixties. Another little film. Now I'm back onto the kill cap. Um, so we uh, we get this scene where after his father leaves, he's like, you know, looking into the he goes telescope. Straight up perv, man. Straight up pervs. He sees uh, he sees uh, what's her name, Lydia. You Gwen? have all the notes, Gwen. Yeah, Conliff. Yeah, Gwen Conliff. One of the mo- name just rolls off the tongue. <laughs> Evelyn knows her and, real name. And uh, 
So we see Gwen. <laughs> uh, we see Gwen. He sees her through the through the looking glass, as it were, and uh, decides to go. And he finds out what shop she's at, and he goes in there and he like totally like creeps on her hardcore. Like I mean, he Dude. says, "Do you have these?" These earrings that are shaped like a moon and they dangle. Well, yeah, you do on your uh, on your dresser uh, on, on your dresser in the bedroom, dude. If somebody came up and said that to me, I'd say, "Get the fuck out of my shop." Yeah, no <laughs> kidding, man. <laughs> She's like, "How did you know?" I'm psychic. I'm psychic. Yeah, I'm psychic. I'm totally went creeper on her, man. So he he turns into like. I'm going to call it right now. I Lawrence Talbot is a tragic character and a good guy, but he's also kind of a fuckboy. <laughs> like, yes. He's, an, he's the original fuckboy, isn't he? I wrote in my notes, I wrote, he works with telescopes and he spies on pretty ladies. I can't decide if he is sweet or creepy. Larry is deceptive <laughs> and charming, which is scary. <laughs> yeah, he is. He's very charming. And I mean that plays right into to it. I mean he's not meaning any harm, but he's guys. If you're out there, do not spy on women with telescopes, and then <laughs> definitely don't show up at their shop and uh, say you're psychic. Probably start with the truth. Well, and the more uh, you know. I think what the other thing that really was weird was how uh, persistent he was. Yes. Oh. He definitely did not uh, take no for an answer. I mean, to the point where, you know, he literally was like, oh, I'll just show up here whenever you get off work. Now, we're, we as an audience are supposed to, especially looking through it at the lens of the 1940s, we're supposed to see him as a, like, kind of a, you know, rogue. And he's just kind of like a charming rogue. And he, our guy will not quit. He has moxie. Looking at it from a lens almost 80 years later, we're like, Kind of creepy, Larry. Yeah. <laughs> I want to tone down those, a bit. They call those people stalkers. That's what they call Yeah. Yeah. Like, how how much further was he going to go to get her to go out with him? Like, yeah. I mean, he there is a great scene. So he wouldn't take no for an answer. And that's terrifying. <laughs> no, that's true. There is a great scene when he does show up later after he finds out her name from his dad. Um, and he goes to pick them up. And we see that he, uh, what the heck is that noise? My chair. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, I brought attention to that, Derek. It's cool. <laughs> it's just breaking. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but he, uh, <laughs> why is your chair so noisy? <laughs> Like fucking Belza? <laughs> no, I mean they're all squeaky, dude. Like I can barely push on this thing. You're like, <laughs> just the way crack, they did. He was like, crack, crack. I thought it was somebody going like. <laughs> yeah, I thought I did too. It's fine. We'll, we'll resume. <laughs> <laughs> just leave it in. Just leave, leave it, it in. in. It's fine. Fuck it. We'll do it live. <laughs> so. Totally did it again. I can't. I mean, I'm I'm sitting in a chair. <laughs> I don't know what you want me to do. <laughs> My favorite part of any podcast is the best. You're fine, man. Don't worry about it. Um, 
But there, he shows up after he has a conversation <laughs> with his dad and finds out who she is. And and finds out he meets like the uh, the police inspector first, right? I mean, mm-hmm. the police inspector's over, and he meets him, and they have like a he's like Larry, glad to see you, you know, and they kind of shake hands, and we're introduced to the, the 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 head of the police force, and then he you know says, oh, I met this girl, and he's like, oh, I see you met uh, Gwen, huh? She's married to this guy, or she's engaged to this guy. Engaged, yeah. And so then he um, go just shows up at the shop, like you guys were saying, ends up at the shop, and then he, uh, you know, starts flirting with her, and she's like, well, let's bring on my friend Jenny. Isn't that her name? Yes. Jenny, yeah. Like, let's, let's bring my friend Jenny. She can tag along. There's this great moment where he's kind of like, devastated about this for a little bit he's like well yeah, i guess you can can't come. take advantage of her yeah now okay, i guess wait. she can come wait okay so you skipped the part where he buys the silver cane oh right that's very yeah. important you're right that's actually at that at the at the moment when he's there yes yeah i'm sorry i was talking about the uh i wanted to get to where he's he's less creepy but <laughs> <laughs> trying yeah. to skip the creepy part no, you yeah. can't skip the creepy part, Jamie. Hey, listen, he's, I just want people to like Larry. I don't want people to know how creepy he is. So, yeah, he buys <laughs> the silver cane, which is also really funny. That's totally a 1940s thing. Like, because he's talking about which cane should I wear? You know, it's yes. part, part of your clothing in the 40s. Yes. And it was only $15, which was probably a lot more back then. I don't know how they think yeah, about it. Yeah, it was. Oh, yeah. I was like, $15, that's a good deal. Let's, let's check out the, let's check out silver, the inflation. For a silver... Uh, but that's 1941, right? Yes. Yeah. So let's do 1941. Uh, and let's do $15. I'm going to guess, guess $350. Close. It's uh, $279. Whoa. Holy cow. So that's an expensive-ass, ugly cane that he buys. Yeah, yeah it is. <clears throat> so, And I he mean, only buys it to impress and, her. So he spends 200 So it makes him even creepier because he spends like almost $300 to buy, <laughs> to buy a cane so he could creep on this girl. What do you guys think of the cane, by the way? It too like, is too on the nose. Yeah, I mean, it's like a not werewolf a, cane. It's a werewolf yeah, cane a werewolf made cane. of pure silver. Yes. Yeah, and it's a also pentagram. a pentagram. Yeah. Yes. Now, I like the idea that if it was done more subtly and, and he buys just the cane, it doesn't have a wolf head on it or anything, he just buys a cane with the silver handle, that would be great because then it's it, yeah. the, when they use it as a weapon, that makes sense. But it is a kind of little too hammer on the head for it to be everything. A wolf cane made of silver with a pentagram on it. What are the odds? That's when she goes on to tell him every single thing about werewolves. Yeah. She knows everything. Time. Yeah. Yeah. She knows so, everything about werewolves. She says the poem. Yeah. Of and then she tells him. The what does she tell him? She tells him everything. Yeah, uh, talks about the superstition of them. What a werewolf is? It's a. He said what? Uh, running the, on hooves or whatever? And she's like, no, it's like a wolf that transforms into a man, 
or a man that transforms into a wolf, but he's, you know, is bipedal, essentially. And, and she's like, says, and then he sees the pentagram in the hand of its victim. Yeah. <laughs> victim. See, like, the, how do you, how would you know that? Because they grew up on this superstition. That's all yeah. they had around this, this, this place, apparently. With well, and that's actually a question that I had. Did, uh, did it ever uh, advise, like, where this is set? No. No, it's, there's a castle, it's, so I it assume does. that it's... It, they're in Wales. Oh, are they? Okay. So yeah. the American accents make no sense in this movie. Well, his dad's got one, What's and it? he doesn't, and you're right. Back in, doesn't. They're back all in supposed to be British characters, is the point. Except Lawrence, because he's lived in America for 18 years. Right. So it makes and sense that's... that Larry has an American accent at this point. But a lot of their accents, if you pay attention, they change. Listen, <laughs> in the 1940s, everybody just spoke with what they call a transatlantic accent. So it's kind of British, kind of American. Cary Don't Grant make has... excuses for this movie. I'm, listen, I'm just saying like it is. <laughs> Cary Grant used to speak with the best transatlantic accent. So, you know, he could be American, but he could also be from another part of the world. He just is kind of, you know, uh, uh, no, uh Transatlantic, so he could be from either here or there. It's so it's like, like this kind British. of posh. Now it sounds like you're from like New England. He's it's kind like of British, British New England. American. Yeah, yes. it's that's what that that's what that accent was. Like Germany. Now, now of course, Blair, <laughs> you well, just Lawrence, like Germany. No, like oh, Jersey. Jersey. Is what he, oh, I thought you said like Germany. I was like, you, you know that American Jersey. city, Germany. <laughs> the accent that that every American has. Nation and Heiden. Oh, that's my uncle. He's from Brooklyn. Lightning in heaven! <laughs> what do you say? He sneezed. <laughs> that was just a sneeze. But sneezes yeah, you're have right. accents. You're right. Yeah. I was. I noticed that while I was watching it. I was like, oh man, there's some a lot of accents here. And I was like, that's what they used to do all the time. Like, think about um, Frankenstein, <laughs> right? Frankenstein takes place in Germany, essentially. Uh, Colin Clive speaking with an English accent, and the other guy speaking with a uh, Victor speaking with a complete American accent, and then you know it, it's just it's it's all over the place back in those days. <laughs> That's true. Well, and the reason why I brought up like geographically where they're at is uh, you know especially back then you're exactly right. Like this was the lore of the time, and especially like if you were uh, in some of these more Remote countries, but Wales it's, but it's, not as remote, but, but it's Wales in 1940. Well, that's you know, so it's probably not like not a great idea, but yeah, but yeah, it, I mean, it, it could have been just like the local legends. Yeah, per and se. it's stuff but that it you know you tell your kids. Gypsies that just randomly come through now and then. We're about to get to the gypsies. We're about to get to them. I skipped ahead. So well, not really, because we're we're there really uh, after Lawrence Talbot. Uh, hijacks both girls essentially they end up at the circus because <laughs> you know he says he's psychic she says oh i always wanted to get my fortune read the gypsies are in town because we see him pass by earlier so we meet the gypsies and the male gypsy is played by the great bela lugosi and the gypsy's name is bela mm -hmm. they just named him Bela, like the name Bela that's, that's one of the things. It's like people only want to come to see these people in yeah, the movie. So, so they're like, like the screenwriter himself. Yeah, it's almost like the screenwriter was like, "Oh, I really. Who do you see in this part? Bela Lugosi. What's the character's name? 
Bela. <laughs> sure. So Bela Lugosi is actually the first werewolf in this movie. We just don't see yeah. him as the wolf, but he's the original wolf. So they get to this, um, they get to the gypsies camp, the carnival, essentially. And Jenny goes in to get her fortune read. Meanwhile, Larry's trying to get a piece with with Gwen still. Yeah. And he's they trying to totally ditch poor Jenny. This is where he turns into a straight up fuck boy. Cause she tells him, I'm engaged. I shouldn't even be here with you. And he's all like, Oh, well, it doesn't matter. You know, it's like a normal, like good person would be like, Oh, I was not aware that you were engaged. Look, right. I've always but... subscribed to the mantra that uh, fiancés are like goalies. They just make it harder to score. So. <laughs> Don't listen really to Derek. Messed up. <laughs> That's a terrible, really messed up. terrible person. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I am a fiancé right now. <laughs> so I don't want to hear that talk, okay? Listen, I'm not a fiance. <laughs> I'm a husband at this point, which just makes it easier. <laughs> I'm not sure what you mean by that, but let's I, move on. We should just well, go ahead and keep going. What I mean is uh, it's, you know, not, I mean, we, we've lost our charm, Derek and I, at this point. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's even easier. Like, oh, yeah, those guys, those old guys, yes. Um, so then Bela starts reading her fortune. He said, and he moves his hair, and you see the five-pointed star on his forehead, which, of course, we heard from Gwen when she said, five, all the werewolves have a five-pointed star, star that signifies that they are the werewolf. So we see it on Bela's head, and then uh, <laughs> he reads her <laughs> so palm. silly. She, he reads her palm and superimposed a pentagram appears. Yes. Yeah. And then he says in that great Bella Lugosi accent, I can't read your fortune now. Come back tomorrow. Run now! He turns into Arnold Schwarzenegger at the end, apparently. I was gonna Run say, now! Get to the chopper! Get to the chopper! <laughs> it's me, Bella Lugosi! <laughs> Get down! Put the cookie down! Oh my god. I'm about to drink your blood! Who is a daddy and what does he do? That's our. We need to cast Arnold Schwarzenegger as Dracula, guys. I just figured out the next big casting. I'll get on writing that script and I'll send it to him myself. Okay. It'll be called Arnold Schwarzenegger's Dracula. <laughs> Derek, we're going to insert a poster of it right here that I just created on Photoshop. Oh my gosh. All right, if you send it to me, I'll put it on there. It's, it is. It's right there. Boom. Okay. <laughs> I hope it flashes twice on the video right there. It will. <laughs> it will. <laughs> it will. And also, once at the end, just because I said so. Just right because? Now. Just because. because? Okay. <laughs> Look out. Look out. Look out, folks. We're going wild here tonight. So. Um, she runs off. There's this weird scene when, when, during that scene, her reaction is really weird. Like, so he tells her to run now, and she's like, yes! Yes! I must go! <laughs> that was natural. That was like how people used to talk in the morning. 
was not scripted. Am I the only one that felt that that was kind of a weird line delivery? I missed that one, man. Yeah, you're the only one. Oh, man. It must just be me. (laughs) (laughs) The most natural scene in this whole movie. I was watching it, and I was like, that's kind of curious. That's a curious line choice. (laughs) Whatever. So, um... Lawrence is in the in the woods with with Gwen, and he's like macking on her hardcore. I wrote down. Sorry, I wrote down. No. Uh, they dipped out for a romantic stroll filled with more werewolf talk. Yeah. <laughs> and I literally wrote LOL on there. Yeah, hey, that, more that werewolf is what talk. More werewolf talk while they're on the <laughs> way, and uh, they hear a wolf howl, mm-hmm. and it's like, what's that? And it attacks them. And he sees it attacking Jenny, essentially. He runs over there and tries to protect her. Which, which in his defense, he does try to protect this woman. And he fights off this vicious animal. And he gets attacked and bitten in the chest. And he beats it to death with the cane. And mm-hmm. since the cane is, of course, silver, it kills, it kills the werewolf. And he passes out. They go to, uh, they take him away. Uh, Gwen comes and takes him. They go and take him away um the gypsy woman comes and they see bela laying there we find out that oh my god it's a man you know and so the gypsy woman takes says you know what happened to him he was bitten by a werewolf so the gypsy woman and her take lawrence to talbot castle and the gypsy woman just this there's this there's this great scene in this in this part where he's in the castle and his dad comes and he's talking to the cop again and it's like, what is this? They come in and they put him on the table making sure he's okay and they, they said, uh, the gypsy woman just literally creeps out. Yep. She just pieces out. And when she pieces out, the guy says, she's like, oh, that woman helped. And he's like, what woman? Where? And then one of them says, oh, sure, the gypsy woman. I was just standing in the door. <laughs> Oh jeez! So so funny. So, question: When he's uh, fighting the wolf, it looked like there was a dog. Like it didn't look like a man dressed as a is, wolf. Yeah, it's slightly inconsistent that way because when Lawrence turned, slightly, okay, very inconsistent. Okay, he was attacked by like a German shepherd. <laughs> he was attacked yeah. by a, an actual okay, wolf. I'm glad I, I didn't miss. And then that. when he turns, <laughs> he is a wolf man. He's a deformed human dog. Maybe the longer (laughs) you're a werewolf, the more dog-like your transformation becomes. I would buy that, except they made 45 different Wolfman movies throughout the 40s, and he looks the same every time. He even wears the the same same. black shirt. (laughs) Well, there you go. I'm glad that uh, I wasn't the only one who noticed that. I was like, wait, did I just see that correctly? No, you totally did. Yeah, no, okay. I don't. I don't know if you can miss it. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty blatant. He got attacked by a like, dog. Hello, we're gonna dress you up in uh, this costume, and you're gonna attack him. I'm not doing it. All right. <laughs> He's like, mm, no, I don't do that unless it's Dracula. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's not true. He was in. Uh, he actually Frank, dressed so. up. He actually dressed up so well that he. Looked like looked a dog. Exactly like a wolf. 
Yeah. Bela Lugosi is the master of, his, of wolf acting. His first method actor. Phenomenal. Yeah, first method actor. <laughs> he just acted he, so well. He became, he became the wolf. A... <laughs> wow, that, that kind of startled me. What it happened? started raining really hard, and I'm like, oh, fuck is that? <laughs> I feel like I can hear it. I hear, hear it a little bit, yeah. So, the, uh, so good old, uh, good old Lawrence is taking upstairs and he says he's going to call the doctor. And then the, the police constable goes to the scene because a guy comes in and says, there's been a murder, sir. Jenny, her throat's been slit or whatever. Looks like it was attacked by an animal. Poor sweet Jenny. So they go and the we don't see this, of course. <laughs> God damn it. We don't. <laughs> We don't see this, of course, but the, it sounds really gruesome that she has a her throat, you know, ripped out. And they see Bela at the scene, and they're like, "Oh, you know." So they start forming this theory because they also find the cane at the scene, and he was bludgeoned to death. So they're they're starting to form this theory that maybe Bela, like the the, the there was an attack. It was dark and Lawrence attack Bela thinking it was a wolf is this working theory they start to develop. Um, which makes it, sense. Yeah, which makes a lot of sense. Uh, of course, he's protected by his stature and what have you. Mm. Um, so when the police, the next day, he wakes up feeling perfectly fine. They, um, He goes to show him the wound and it's not there. It's gone. Mm-hmm. And um, they, that's when they're starting. That's when they start to even feel this theory is even more probable. Like, well, like, did he just attack this gypsy man? <laughs> What's the deal here? Does he not like gypsies? Well, I think at one um, point they uh, they were trying. This might have been when they were just like, ah, oh, we need to not pin this on him. Like, there was a werewolf attack, but these two helped Jenny. I think was one of the theories, and then well, yeah, I, I don't know. So, so it's all kind of jumbled. But uh, the gypsy woman goes back to Bela's body and says the she says the the poem to it. This other poem about walking on the ground. It's, it's a, do you oh, have that? I got it. Written? I got yeah. it right here. Read it. Okay, let me find it. Hang on. I know I wrote I know I wrote it down. It's okay. uh okay, the way ahead. you walked was thorny, through no fault of your own. But as the rain en- enters the soil, the rivers, the sea, so tears run to a predestined end. Your suffering is over, Bella, my son. Now you will find peace. Yes. Very sweet. Except that she says that about four more times throughout the runtime of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, there's this, basically, there's a scene after that, after he gets questioned by them, uh, and the doctor says, hey, my patient's in no place to talk right now. You know, let him, and he's like, okay, I won't, I won't talk to him until you give me the go-ahead. Lawrence sneaks out, and he watches the burial of uh, Bella. And 
he's clearly like right behind her. <laughs> the scene, he's, it's the way it's staged. You see, it's not like he's hiding in the shadows. He's like hiding behind a really light pillar. And he's just kind of standing there. And they, him, her and this priest have this whole conversation, which is actually a really great part of this. Because he says, um, they're going through it, and he's basically saying, I want to give him a, a proper burial. And she said, this is how my people give proper burials. And mm -hmm. he, he basically dismisses her at the end by saying, people with superstition. Which is very hilarious to me, because is that not what religion is? Superstition. Yes. So I was like, uh, no, but because he, his is right, you know, like his is like he's he can't even accept like that other yeah. people have different religions or beliefs. It's like there's only one. Um, yep. Yeah. It's only can't. his, and his is the right one. Yep, you're right there. Uh, Most people can't. Yeah. So frustrating. It is, and that, but that was the way. And yeah. yeah, so when they say that, you know, you're supposed to be like. Yeah, siding with the priest, but of course, looking at it through the lens of 2021, I was like, "Boo!" Yeah, for sure. <laughs> with the gypsies have their celebration. They've yeah, been doing yeah, it longer than they've been doing it longer than you than you've been doing your thing, for sure. And it sounds well and, really nice compared to what yeah, we yeah, because it was a yeah. celebration of this person's yeah. life instead of yes. you know a dark morning. Yes. Yeah. I know I'm so, going to throw a party at mine. Yeah. Yep. At mine, I want everybody to be as sad as possible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jamie, I want sad, you to please. cry a lot. Oh, okay. So, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll hire a bunch of them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they can crash. They can crash the, okay. uh, the ceremony. That would be the most disturbing if you hired strippers for a, a, a somebody's funeral and they just were dancing in front of the, the coffin. <laughs> On the coffin. And then I would stand up and be like, boom. <laughs> <laughs> just while you're crying. Yeah, this is for you. <laughs> he wanted me to do it. And Derek sits up and he's like, I better be awakened. <laughs> Okay, this has gone on too far. It's gone off the rails, folks. Gone off the rails. <laughs> Eric, why would you bring up such a thing? Um, it was I in the script, you. man. It was in the script. <laughs> like we script our episodes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, he basically watches this moment between mother and son, realizes that he probably killed this man. And he starts to cry over his grave. Yes. Which is a very good scene. I liked it. Maybe a little overacted when he starts to cry. I mean, but... definitely. He's like, because he just, it's not like it's a gradual thing. He like goes, it's, it's like, a, yeah, it's like a silent film. Like yeah. you can, you can mute it and it's perfect. Because mm -hmm. you really, you just get it from his motions. Yeah. Yeah. You don't need the sound at all. For that, it's it's very overactive. He's playing to the sure. back of the theater. Playing to yes. the back of the theater. Yes. Uh, <laughs> want the cheap seats to see this one? <laughs> um. So. Uh, That's what it is. Yeah. What's next, Lydia? What happens next? 
Well, I just wanted to say, I think it was before that, the scene where he is like, when all the men are there, they're like the detectives or whatever, are like trying to figure out what was going on. And they're like, don't, you know, don't, don't talk to him right now. He's unstable. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. don't, how dare you talk to someone who just murdered someone when they're being unstable? Well, my favorite, there's a great line that he, uh, Claude Rain says in this bit where he says, uh, um, you policemen, always in such a hurry. It's like, they're trying to catch a murderer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's glow about this? There's Have you no not rush. watched the first 48? <laughs> right, exactly. Great show. Um, so I think next is when Jenny's mother goes to the antique shop and is screaming. Yes, this is this scene is inter- This scene reminds reminds me of uh, <laughs> the scene in Jaws where uh, the Kinderman uh, mother goes up and smacks Roy Scheider because her son was killed. Except in this one. And Jaws is not, it's it's not Sheriff Brody's fault that her son was attacked by a shark. He was doing everything he could to stop that from happening. But uh, she blames Jenny, or she blames Gwen for this death. So she shows up and she's like, basically starts calling her a whore in 1940s talk. Right. You know, gallivanting along with, uh, she, you know, uh, she's a, an engaged woman gall- gallivanting along with strange men. And she's not wrong. <laughs> she, she's not not wrong about that bit but um then he comes in and he's like uh you know oh well, you want to talk to me about it say it to me and they leave and it's funny because later in the in this movie they talk about that encounter like he raved like a madman i was like but i he- think i think so i actually when i watched it this time i was I was watching him, and when he came in, he did look like he was about to snap. Well, yeah, he was pretty mad. Like, he, he was hurt. mad, but, yeah. like, he also had that, like, like they were afraid of him because he was, like, intimidating. Tall. Yeah, yeah, he's really and tall. And huge, yeah. yeah. And so, like, she later she was, like, said something about, like, he had murder in his eyes. And yeah. I was like, I, yeah. I agree with her on that. Like, he did kind of have that murder look in his face. Yeah, I guess a little bit, but it's uh, the way she described it was like, you know, like it was this intense confrontation when it was really him just coming in and saying, oh, yeah, you want to say that to me? And she's yeah. like, no. Right, yeah. <laughs> At least. I feel like that is all, every character who's ever, like, been in her position. You know what I mean? Like, you can tell she's probably the town gossip. <laughs> Well, I mean, and her daughter just died. She did like, just lose her daughter. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Like she yeah. has every right I to be devastated and upset. Okay. For sure. No, no, no. But, but yeah, it's like as far as this character goes, that you're not attached to in any way. Yeah. Except that she has been shitty this whole time. Yeah, yeah. To everyone, it. you know. Get out of here, lady. But uh, so then he and uh, win. <laughs> They go and like ha- like they start having like a clandestine meeting in the middle of the shop, essentially. In the parlor. Yeah. And her uh <laughs> husband fiance. Her, uh, fiance, husband fiance. Yes. comes in and she's like uh a goalie. 
you know, hey, this is, you know, Lawrence Taubman. He's like, ah, not, uh, good to know you. And he looks at his hand and he's just like, you know. So Talbot leaves and she's like, why were you so rude? I, I was like, what do you mean? Why are you so, why is he so rude? You literally just went out with this dude. Dude, okay. This <laughs> somebody is somebody ended up she, dead. But she <laughs> yes. didn't go out with him. He, he was no, walking them this home. is. This is what I wrote in my notes, guys. I said, okay, and then Frank shows up, and he is the most awkward human on the planet, and now we see why she went out with Larry. He's very <laughs> and then I wrote, And then I wrote, Larry leaves smoothly, and Gwen is like, why the fuck are you so awkward? <laughs> he, I mean, he is awkward. But to be fair, to be put in his position, his fiance just was out with a guy in the woods by herself, right? And yes. then... Two people ended up dead. How do you expect this guy to react when you're like, oh, by the way, this is Lawrence Talbot. Yeah, act, react super awkwardly. That's the way you should react. And just stare and don't say anything. I would have I would have been like, what the fuck is he doing here? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> you tall son of a bitch, get out of my shop. Yes. So, I mean, yeah. Hey. He, he, he doesn't do any of that. He's just like, be careful. I go on that a side really This is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, hang go on. Ahead, one your thought. That you're right. That is very awkward how it ends when he says, "Just be careful." Like, what do you mean, be careful? Say, "Hey, are we still together? What's going on? Are you sleeping with this dude?" <laughs> Anything? Not. Hmm. I don't like the cut of this man's jib. Be careful. He was like, "I don't I like that you guys, guys are... cane." Yeah. Yeah. Now. We have the we have the <laughs> foresight to see what happens at the end of the movie, but like as of right now, I feel like you guys are jumping the gun because at this point, the only thing he's really done was walked her home. She hasn't yeah. done anything wrong. No, no but she did she, go out with him. She did go out with him, and she didn't tell him she was engaged the entire time either. Right? Yeah. I thought she did. No, she told she him as they were out. Yeah. As they were she, out. as he was about to like kiss her, and she as was he was like, about to kiss her, she's like, "I'm engaged, engaged. <laughs> but not hey, did, like in the did shop." Have a ring? Have a I ring? don't know if she had a ring, but she was she was like, "I shouldn't be out right now." She was like, "Admitted it." She's like, "I, you know," and he was charming, and she has an awkward fiance, and maybe she was like sawn out there, you know, hey, like maybe she was settling, and she was like, "All right, now there's this tall, handsome, charming weirdo." Yeah, but it's a guy that spies on you. She doesn't have great taste in men. She should probably just dump both of them and go get with Claude Rains. He seems to have his shit together. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know about that either. So, um, where were we before we got into this? Okay, so we're talking about awkward Mm -hmm. fiancés. Yes. Basically. Um... And then they go back to the gypsy fair. And Frank. Yes. Yes. This is good. Yes. Frank just flips a switch and is like, I want to show you I'm not intimidated by him. Oh, Larry. (laughs) Best friends now. He's He's walking around with this cane, Lawrence is. And he's like, he sees him and he makes his face. He's like, (laughs) <laughs> and he's like larry larry talbot come we you want to have fun with us let's shoot guns 
So he has Larry shoot. And the best part is his dad and his buddy are watching them and commentating exactly what's going on. He's like, he's a, uh, looks like he knows how to handle the rifle. <laughs> his dad says that. That's a line his dad says. <laughs> <laughs> looks like he knows how to handle the rifle. Well, that's I wonder good. if that was a metaphor. Oh, oh my God. This episode is unnearable. <laughs> We're going to have to cancel everything. All of our we have to plans. rethink our whole life choices. Jamie, I told you this so was going to be a good one. <laughs> you did. So he's shooting, uh, they're doing like a carnival game, and he's shooting different uh, animals down, like the little pop-up of animals. Then a wolf shows up, and he just freezes. He, he can't react to it. Then he tries to shoot, and he misses it. And uh, awkward Frank's like, you know, Oh, bad luck. He shoots it. Oh, do you want to go again? What cracks me up is he missed one shot. He hit all these ones, and then Frank shoots this one, and he's like, ah, I win. Would you like to go again? <laughs> no, you shoot all the same ones, you son of a bitch. <laughs> so uh, Frank and company, um, basically at that point, Larry runs off again, right? Because of the target of the wolf? Because of the target, yeah. He runs off, and uh, where do we go next? He runs to Bela's mom. The gypsy woman, because she stops woman. him, right? And uh, he basically, she, she tells him that he's a werewolf. She tells him every single thing about werewolves again. We just go through yeah. the whole cycle again. Yeah, the hand, with the poems and the hand uh, and the pentagram and the... And the stars. Mm. And then we find out that he has a star on his chest. Yes. She's choosing the wound that's not there. Literally cracked me up so bad. One of the times you see the, st- the pentagram literally looks like it's drawn with pencil. <laughs> I think the five-pointed star on him is drawn with pencil. Like, I was like, sure. why did they use pencil for this? <laughs> How weird is that? It is very weird. And it's just a star. It's not even like what you think of a pentagram. Listen, it's just a star. They used all of the budget to make the Wolfman costume itself. Yeah, yeah. They didn't so, have time for a Sharpie. So at this point, Larry <laughs> goes back home, right? And that's when we get our first wolf transformation. Yeah. Is that is that what happens next? I believe so. Yeah. Okay, well, after, so, okay uh, so wait, the gypsy woman uh, gives the pendant pinned it to him and he runs into Gwen, Gwen which he immediately gives it away <laughs> the one gives it thing to her. that was going to protect him and she well this is this is important because this is where they kiss or they are about to kiss when all okay. hell breaks loose right because he puts this the is the point where she becomes a pussy yeah because he puts the the uh necklace on her and then she's like well I did I need to give you something and He's like, that's not enough. And he leans in and they start to kiss. And then she like, tries to give him a penny. Yeah, here's a penny. And he's like, that's not enough. I was like, <laughs> probably because you spent all he spent all his money on your goddamn cane. <laughs> all fifteen of his dollars. It. Yeah. All fifteen of them. So he uh Yeah, he goes to kiss her and then uh some kind of something breaks up in the gypsy camp and he runs off essentially. Well, she the the mom is like 
as soon as Larry leaves and she's like, he's a werewolf and she's positive that he's a werewolf. She tells one person that there's a werewolf in camp. And that's they right. And that's why tell everyone. Yes. Yeah. So everybody because starts running. Spreads. Larry runs home and then he starts to not feel very good. He mm-hmm. takes off his shoes and he sees and he pulls up his pant leg and he realizes that there's air growing. Which also made me laugh really hard because I was like, literally yeah. right after I shave my legs and then I like sit down and like pull my pants. <laughs> And I'm like, ah! TMI. TMI. I'm just kidding. But it's I'm like, turning so... into a werewolf. What's going on? <laughs> yes. What I'm is like, it? I relate. I relate to that anytime I see like any hair on my legs. <laughs> so we do like some cross dissolves, right? To show that the hair growing. And, Only on uh, the feet. On the feet. This is our first reveal of the Wolfman uh, makeup. So let's take a pause here and let's talk about the Wolfman design. Lydia, what do you think of the Wolfman's design? I think it's weird. You think it's weird? Personally, I think it's weird. I think it's iconic, but I think it's a really strange design. Personally, yeah. that's just... Derek, what do you think? Uh, it's really hard to put the a lens on this and understand for the time what impact that had. Like, we look at it now and we're like, oh, man, those amateurs. <laughs> right? But that might have been the cutting edge at that time. So it's, it's really hard. I mean, uh, I would say for the time, it, it probably looked really, really good. But, you know, you watch it now and you're like, Okay. For me, I just can't see how that was ever scary. I think, like, maybe, like, I think generally the audience probably wasn't scared as their reaction when they saw that makeup. I think, like, the music and the the mood of the movie maybe got people scared, but, like, I don't think the makeup itself scared was scary. So, um... Those are both both great takes. Um, my take is I kind of agree with both of you. So I agree, Lydia, that the makeup design is weird. It's a weird design. However, I agree with Derek that I think it's actually a great, the makeup job itself is great. Right. Like the makeup itself looks fantastic. He did a great job on on all of all of it. But it is a weird design. Because it almost looked like looks like he has like just kind of weird frizzy hair. Like I always pictured him like as like some some dad from the seventies hair. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, he's almost mm-hmm. got an afro. He's almost got uh, it's it's almost Robert Reed from the Brady Bunch hair. <laughs> well, and it's uh, because this was the very first werewolf movie. Right? Wolfman. Think of anything yep. that pretty, yeah. So just imagine walking up to a makeup artist and being like, I want you to make a man look like a wolf. You probably get yeah. something pretty close if you have no context or anything. I guess. It, it, be it, like, oh, I'm going to get influenced by this. It is interesting that they, did, they decided not to go any kind of snout design. It might have uh, also not been practical. It might not have been practical. You're right, especially since he needed to act in the in the suit. 
Yeah. So, you know, they, they gave him like the teeth. He has the teeth design. He has like the, you know, the canines and he has like the, uh, the round head and, and like almost like a, his face is almost uh, bare, but it just has hair yeah. all over it here. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you guys and, know what year Creature of, from the Black Lagoon came out? Yeah, it was the 50s. Okay. But you do have to remember that prior to this, Jack Pierce created uh, Boris Karloff's Frankenstein makeup, right? Which is a much more effective makeup yes. job. It's a great design. I mean, it's it's also iconic, and it it was. I could see where it could be scary if we were inundated with Frankenstein since we were kids. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That like ever since Halloween. But like, if we were didn't see that image everywhere. And that was the first time we've seen it. I could see where that'd be terrifying. It's kind of like you were saying with this, Derek. I could see where it could be, you know, startling. I remember being a kid and it being spooky. But I don't know, like you mm-hmm. said, Lydia, how much of that was the atmosphere and everything else around it as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. So we get our first taste of it. He's wearing the classic pants and the black shirt all the way Great up. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, the one authentic thing that I... I... I think that they did was they gave him a like a dog snarl. <laughs> that's a that's a hundred percent. That's a that's a uh, Lon Chaney Jr. edition. It has to be. Because it's that just constant... I think that that was a choice. Yeah, because it's in literally every single Wolfman movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he has like the the lower teeth. So when I when I was a kid, I used to do the Wolfman like this. I used to, oh, that yeah. was a Wolfman to me. I remember Dad doing that. I'm the Wolfman. Oh yeah, I've got canines. Yeah, I used to do that. So um, give me yeah. some candy corn and I can be Dracula. That's true. Yeah. Uh, so we get our first kill. Or our, our latest kill, at least, because there's been two already. But then we get the our, our first Wolfman kill that we see, where he goes up and he just strangles this guy, essentially. <laughs> ah! <laughs> right. Then the guy falls down, and, you know, we cut to Lawrence waking up and realizing that it's kind of like waking up from a hangover. It's that <clears throat> you start to get that trope of he doesn't really remember what he did as the wolf, but he kind of does. Um, and we find, you know, he finds out that there's been another murder. Um, so then he basically has a conversation with his dad, right? Where he starts asking questions about werewolves and about if he believes they can exist. And he says, well, if you, if you mean that a man can think that he's a werewolf, he said, if you think, uh, if you mean a that somebody can physically turn into an animal, then absolutely not. That's absurd. But do I think that a man can believe that he's a wolf? Absolutely. It's called lycanthropy. And it's a really great performance in this bit by uh, Claude Rains. Like, it's just this kind of, you know, bit. And then they get into, like, a heated argument. And he's basically like, you know, you need to stop this. You need to stop acting like you're crazy, essentially. You're not a, you're not a damn wolf. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Um, what's next, Lydia? Well, so is that when he, like, ties him to the chair? Yes, I do believe because the hunt is on at this point, right? Yes, yes. The hunt is on. 
So he says that men are out there hunting, and he's like, they're hunting me. And he's like, no, we're going to show you this. Mm-hmm. And so I'll show you that there's nothing to fear. So he ties him to the chair. And, of course, the, the full moon, which we at this point, it's not a full moon either. Uh, that cause of, That's not the, the cause of it. It's the autumn moon just being bright. Mm-hmm. Uh, the full moon doesn't come until a little later, actually, in the mythos. Which is um, crazy to think, right? It is. It is. It is. So he gets the, um, he ends up breaking out of the chair, obviously. Turns well, into werewolf. you say obviously, but I don't I think they completely skipped over that. Yeah. We don't see it happen, but it has to, I mean, obviously that's where the story's going. But also, like, he just appears in the woods. <laughs> also, I, I think it's hilarious that his dad, like, ties him to the chair right but then he like locks the windows he leaves make sure that the uh the door is shut and i'm like i mean if he does break loose if he's strong enough to break those straps he's strong enough to open the window <laughs> yeah out. then he leaves yeah so then he gets caught in a trap right yeah the wolf man gets caught in a trap and then the gypsy woman stumbles upon him and he turns back into a man turns him back into a man by saying the poem Oh, is that how that worked? I just thought... That's that, what uh, I gathered was, from he, that. He was exhausted from wallowing around, and he just, like, passed out and then turned into a man. I don't know. It was yeah. weird. So, it's the poem, right, Lydia? It's the poem? Is that what you gathered I from I genuinely it? don't know. <laughs> I didn't think like, much about I it at that point. I gathered it was the poem that, that brings them, you know, back together, essentially. Um... And um, yeah, usually, like he, usually at that point in a movie, now it would be like because some clouds went over the moon, you know. Yes, <laughs> they just didn't have that part, so they were just like the poem will work, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> They're just like so, thinking this movie through very well. Yeah, so I think we we messed. I think the the trap came prior. The trap came the night before, on the no. first attack. I, I think you're in the the right spot. Because I he, think... uh, he initially attacked the uh, Grave Digger. Yes. Yes, and then, that's uh, right. And then we second night, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he gets yeah, caught. Right on. And, and then they see him as they're hunting, and they're like, oh, uh, it's, it's, it's Lawrence, you know, Larry Talbot. And he just continues to walk through. And does he transform again? Is that how it happens? Does he, like, <laughs> transform back? Because the next bit I remember is him attacking Gwen, right? Right. So, like, he transforms back into the wolf after he transforms back into Larry? Is that what happens? Oh, I don't know. You have the notes. What does it say? I didn't write that down. I just didn't write (laughs) that down at all. So, either way, either way, it doesn't matter. Basically, what ends up happening is he's when he's restrained... He runs into the uh, his father runs into the gypsy woman and she says, "Hey, um, you know, he's like you're the one that's been filling my son's head with these crazy notions that he's a wolf." And he's like, "No, no, man, uh, he is a wolf. I'm not. It's not crazy. He is a wolf." And she's like, "You thought about it, didn't you? Right then, you heard the noise and you're wondering, did he escape? Is that him?" And he's holding the uh, cane. He has the cane still. Yeah. So he hears it. 
he hears gunshots. And it's, um, they're like, the bullet just passed right through him. We don't get to see this, of course, because they don't have the budget or the technology to show this. <laughs> so the bullet passed right through him. So he, uh, he, he stumbles upon them. He sees that uh, his father sees the, the wolf attacking Gwen, about to attack Gwen. So he saves her, and he's fighting with the wolf, and he ends up beating the wolf man over the basically the exact same thing that happened to Bella. Exactly the yeah. same. Beats him over and over with the cane. Mm-hmm. The gypsy woman comes, says the same poem again. He turns back into <laughs> to Larry, and his father is grief stricken. Mm-hmm. And he like is holding his face. Frank comes out of nowhere and hugs Gwen. <laughs> and then the movie ends. YouTube it has the I take you back. And the movie ends, right? I mean, that's the No, okay, now. this is this is my last note of the movie as the last scene. And it just says, the men who discover the scene don't ask what happened. Instead, they say Larry that's was right. attacked yeah. and killed by the wolf while he was protecting Gwen. And then I said, now poor Gwen has to marry Frank. The end. <laughs> yeah, because basically his dad just, his dad is grief-stricken because he had to kill his only mm-hmm. son with this, last his son. only remaining son, with this with this cane, and then they don't even ask about it. They come like, ah, Larry must have uh, fought the wolf off and was killed. And his dad just is like, yeah, we'll go with that story. <laughs> it's like, what else good. are you going to say? That sounds um, good. He, he was that the werewolf, good. and I just killed him, and he's yeah. my son, and I just we'll, killed my own we'll son. We'll let him die a hero. Sure. Yeah, that's what happened. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, then Gwen is with Frank, and it's like, Oh, and then we just fade to the end. She she actually like just says, "Larry, like, yeah, so sad." Like she Larry. was like really was attached to that guy. Yeah, everybody's I mean, they, got they, a fallback. Listen, listen, <laughs> they did go out twice and know each other for the span of two days. So it'd be yeah, she was gonna run away with him, man. She was she was going. She was. We totally skipped that scene where he goes and visits her at the antique store and he she says he's like i've got to get out of here because of all this and he's like she's like i'll pack i'll go with you it's like you just met this dude and he creeped on you with a telescope <laughs> she loved yeah. him though really like they had a connection yeah it was weird at first because of the time period that we're in and like the things we know now but he was a charming guy back then, and she and he had money, so she knew she was gonna be. So you're saying set. That she's the original gold digger? Yes, I mean, <laughs> I ain't saying I think, she's a gold digger. I'm. I mean, I don't know the rest. Back of then, I mean, you go, you go rich, you marry rich. That's just what you do. If you can, you do that now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. <laughs> oh jeez. I mean, but back then, especially, I mean, like those people were probably living without toilets, and like Larry's got a toilet at his house. You know what I mean? I don't think not necessarily in in the Wales village they live in. That 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 shop was pretty <laughs> modernized. They, okay, You're I think really they had right. toilets, and I mean they had a parlor. They had a parlor. Looks it like they had electricity. They were doing fine. Yeah, they like, electricity. She, she was doing fine. She was just trying to follow her heart. Mm. You know, and I maybe think you're just making. A- I think you're just Maybe making excuses he's... for her floozy behavior. <laughs> well, <laughs> Whatever. I mean, and Larry's fuckboyness. Awesome yeah, Larry. 
Yeah, Larry's a fuckboy. It's really easy to make fun of this script, how it was written. <laughs> okay, but the characters themselves are probably fine. Oh, I love Larry <laughs> Talbot. He's a tragic character, except in this one, he's kind of creepy. Next ones, he's less creepy and more tragic, I feel like, in the sequels. Well, uh, so I, I don't know that I've... Obviously, I haven't seen the sequels in a long time, but uh, how does he come back from the dead? He just is. Okay. He just is. He just is. <laughs> if I remember right, I mean, right. Let me let me look it up to, to double check, but I'm pretty sure... Uh, yeah. Uh, the next one is Frankenstein meets Wolfman. Uh, had his grave opened on a full moon night, causing him to rise again. So that's what happened. No. That's a cop out. <laughs> that's lazy writing. So that they're all lazy. They're all lazily written. I feel like not all of them. For Dracula and Frankenstein, yes. Bride of Frankenstein, and Son of Frankenstein. Great. All of those are very well written, like nuanced pieces of horror, actually. Yes. Which we'll get yes, to eventually. And that was the Wolfman, guys. So what are your thoughts? Derek, let's start with you on this one. Uh, so I hate black and white movies. Now, luckily, this one was in color. I watched. But, uh... You watched the colored, you watched version, a colored of version of this? Yeah. Pretty sure I didn't colored. even know that was a thing. Oh, God. Okay, for the listeners, don't watch the colored version. Don't do what well, Derek did. Derek is a bad example. I was... You saw I a whole to, different I, movie than we did. I had to rent it, uh, so I'll, I'll go and check it. But I thought it was in color. I could totally be wrong. But anyway. Did you, um, like, did you imagine it being in color? remember you... if it was in color? <laughs> no. Derek. I was, uh, was multitasking while watching the movie. <laughs> What were you? Were you multitasking Derek. being goddamn colorblind? <laughs> Derek just doesn't watch the movies. I don't think he's like, yeah. He so, uh, luckily, this one's in color. Derek, no, it's not. Man, now, now damn it! Gonna... I put on my. I was wearing <laughs> my rose glasses. White, I'm gonna be really. Uh, really you gotta sad. check that. You gotta check that and see if it was black and white. Derek, what was your favorite scene of this movie? Uh, Actually, we watched man. the same one. <laughs> <laughs> He's like the part where Dracula walked down the <laughs> stairs was really cool. <laughs> I mean, Dracula technically was in it. At least fell to go see. Um, my favorite scene in this movie, probably the interaction with his dad. I think it was. Uh, it had some of the best dialogue in the movie. Yeah, and I, it, I, I felt like it. It was delivered in a way that it, it was. It was impactful. You, you definitely like. I, I feel like they did a great job conveying that they had a, a relationship that was strained, and he's glad to see his son back. I agree. Um, and mainly because I, I don't, I've never been a real fan of the way that uh, acting was portrayed in this time period. Uh, and I had mentioned it earlier, where acting it, with a capital A. Exactly right where it's not necessarily an authentic conversation or like the mannerisms wouldn't be. It was, it was very for show. Um, and that's my own bias. Yeah. That's my own bias uh, creeping into this. So that was probably my favorite scene in the movie. What do you, well, what do you think of the movie overall? What would you rate it? 
Um, I'm going to rate it kind of high only because of the foundation that it laid for the movies that came after it and the, the history behind it. So I'd, I'd probably give it a seven and a half. Oh, that's actually much higher than I thought you were going to give this. Yeah. And it's because of the history of the movie and, and what it did for cinema. Lydia, what are your thoughts on the, on the Wolfman? First of all, Derek, now I know why you thought my shirt was gray. <laughs> You. <laughs> Lydia, so what are your thoughts on the Wolfman? And, uh, you know, what would you rate it? Okay, so I really like the Wolfman. This, this watch was different for me because I was looking at it, knowing that we were about to talk about it on a podcast. So I was kind of a little bit more critical of everything. Um, it definitely never picked up on some of the things that I picked up on this on this watch. So would I recommend this movie? This is kind of what how I base my ratings is if I would recommend them to to people, like like the order. I don't know. I kind of try to like categorize it. I guess so. This one, I feel like I would give it a seven. Mm-hmm. Um, it's great to watch in October around Halloween, you know, just spooky vibes. It's like what I crave in, in October. So it's perfect. Like, oh, light candles, you know, get the pumpkins out, everything. I mean, I have pumpkins everywhere, but, you know, it's it's really good for for that, I think. So okay. I think I'll give it a seven. Seven, that's good. I'm like right on par with you. Also... It wasn't black and white. It was? It was? It was, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> you just pictured Funny. it in color the whole time? Well, no. So, truth be told, <laughs> I was working while watching it. So, I was, you know. You I didn't look at it. I did look at it. I just, you know, my mind just doesn't really associate with black and white film. I don't watch it. So like, so, so your mind just colored in. So like, you're like, I really like the color of his eyes. He was, yeah, he was making it. Like no, a book. I didn't say that. He but, was just um, listening. One thing That's I will amazing. add, because of the time period and like where we are with film right now, I do think that this is a movie. If you had a young kid, like my my son's maybe a little too young. I don't think he really understand it, but I feel like you could watch this movie with your kids because it's oh, not. Yeah. The gore and it's not as scary. These uh, the Universal movies, the the Universal movies are great gateway horror movies for kids. Mm -hmm. I feel like I mean I started with, I mean I started with those and I watched Nightmare on Elm Street with my grandpa as well. So I got you know both extremes and enjoyed both. But um, yeah, it's a great great uh, gateway to horror. And if they are too scared of it, then maybe horror is not their thing. If they want more of it, then you know that that's what they're into. I enjoy The Wolfman. I will give it a seven as well. Um, I don't think it's the best of the Universal Monster movies by far. I think I'll I'll probably give higher rankings to when we eventually do Dracula and Frankenstein. Uh, but it's a fun it's a fun movie. I'll give it seven just because it's fun. I will say the bit, best part about the movie is that it's so short. 
So it's mm-hmm. not a chore to get through. It just breezes through. Um, I mean, when I was watching it last night, I put it in around um, 8, a little bit after 8, around 8, 8.15, 8.30. And then by the time it was over, it was not even 9.30 yet. And I was like, oh, I could watch a whole actual another movie, you know, before bedtime. So, uh, yeah, I seven for me. What's on nice. the schedule next week, Derek? Uh, I think this I know is going to be one of your favorite. What do you think it is? I believe it is a particular Sam Raimi film. It is one. You're correct. What Evil is it? Dead. Sam Raimi's Evil Dead. So now you can, we're talking. Now, Evil Dead, you can watch on anywhere. I mean, it's everywhere. And also, it's uh, the original Evil Dead is on DVD about 45 times. So you can get one of the 45 editions of Evil Dead at any store. Trust me, I've owned most of them. So <laughs> uh, it's they're all on HBO Max as well, if you have an HBO Max membership. They're... Nice. So... Uh, yeah, stay tuned for that, and also stay tuned for um, our Halloween Kills review, which will come out around the same time as this, because this is will be airing the week of Halloween Kills, so uh, watch out for that. Uh, guys, anything else to add? Nope. I can't think of a single thing when you ask me that. Me neither. So, for Lydia Judy... In Derek Lamaster, I'm Jamie Hiles, and remember, if you're going to scream, scream, scream bloody, bloody movies. movies. God, that is the worst. Scream <laughs> bloody movies. Bye, folks. <laughs>